Welcome to another episode of the County Business Sports Podcast, where we'll be conversing with the great and the good from the world of sport and business about what we think about sport in Sussex, from foot golf to fencing, from wakeboarding to weightlifting and everything in between. We'll be sure to cover it and asking our guests what makes them tick and why business and sport go hand in hand. The podcast is sponsored by James Ross Jewellers, family jewellers in Sussex for generations. Now, as we all know, I couldn't do this alone. As always, I'm with uh, my colleague, Stato, the real sports expert that is the legend that is Lawrence Elvig. How you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks, Sam. How are you doing, buddy? I'm all right. I'm all right. I was going to change from Stato after all the... Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, can time. you stop saying Stato? Because <laughs> every time you do... I pick up something and I get told, no, that's wrong. <laughs> yeah. I hope you've done your research this time. Well, I try, you I know. I know, mate, I know. Listen. Don't, don't give me a hard time, come on. <laughs> mate, quick, listen, why don't you uh, introduce uh, our, our next guest? Well, I'm delighted to welcome to the studio uh, the one and only uh, cricket legend, Sussex and Glamorgan cricket legend, um, predominantly Sussex, of course. Uh, <laughs> the legend that is Tony Cotty. Welcome, Cots. You said legend four times, then. Eh? I know. <laughs> I know. That's it. I won't say anymore. I, what I would say is, it's, it's an honour to be next to you, the spoof legend. Because I think that was the first time we ever met, or, or a game of spoof, I think, in the, in the pub house in, <laughs> Drink, uh, drinking in Brighton. Game, Sam. Drink, drinking <laughs> game, Sam. Which yeah. was, he was pretty average yet, i got to be honest. Yeah, I, I was, there was about ten of us. It was the Albion, wasn't it? Yeah. And the cricket club. Yeah. And, um, yeah, about ten of us. I forget which pub it was, but it was it's in the lanes. Pump, pump, pump house, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah pump, pump house. house. Yeah. Love it. And we played spoof. And uh, I forget, I can't even remember how you play the game, but long story short, there was always a double vodka sitting in <laughs> the middle of the table for the eventual loser. And one by one, people go out. You've not played it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I've yeah, played sorry, played. sorry. So I've played sorry, it. yeah. So suffice it to say, I pretty much lost every round, got absolutely <laughs> hammered, and that was the first time I met him. Yeah, <laughs> to, be, to be fair, the one he couldn't remember where the, the pub was, to be fair. There was no way you remember in a pub going out of it. And... The, the line, when you win, you, you've got to say, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure spoofing with you. If you get that wrong, you're back in the hat, right? Laura's back in. In you get. It got worse. <laughs> it, got worse. It, got worse. it got worse. It was spoofing, wasn't it? Spoofing I couldn't say spoofing. Oh, yeah. like I could say was spoofing with you. <laughs> So it's back in the hat. Mate, that's what we should have done. We got some vodka in, we'd have had that. Yeah, would have been a good podcast. Good this, this would have gone on air then. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, now welcome, Cots. Thanks, man. Uh, great to have you here. Um, we'll crack on. Um, of course, uh, just want to talk about your sport uh, growing up and uh, getting to where you were, and also, uh, of course, taking it into business today. Um, and uh, you know, eventually, how you how you used what you got from the sporting world mm. in business today. But um, you were born in Swansea. Yep. Uh, originally from Port Ennen. Is that Port, how you pronounce? Port Ennen. Ennen. Yeah, Port Ennen. My dad, my dad was from Port Ennen. Uh, my my grand had a B and B down there, so on the coast, Dawa Peninsula. And um, so I, I I was probably down there a lot for, for holidays and stuff like that. Because my dad moved me to another part of the Gower. Uh, when I was about eight months old, something like that, and he set up his own business haulage company called Portine and Transport. So, you know, it, it always it's a huge link. They got married there. That's where they used to go for a drink. And and like I said, I spent all my my summers down there really. So, so yeah, I could have ended up a farmer. He was he was going to be left a farm by his uncle, and his uncle probably drunk away the farm money. <laughs> and at 26, he he um he was stuffed really. So he just he borrowed some money and bought like a four wheel Dodge and set up this Portine and Transport and. And uh, thankfully, I'm not milking milking a <laughs> cow. <laughs> that would have been an image to see. Oh, <laughs> I'm a very practical person, me, as you know. <laughs> two, two left feet, two left hands. <laughs> Wouldn't take you get to long to get under the uh, the udders, would oh, it? Ah, there yeah. you go. First, first one started in, already. First started one in. already. Yeah. It'd have been handy though for the ice cream, no? Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, cold yeah, like, to the con. Yeah. Don't talk about con. ice cream yet. We ain't there yet. Um, Just jumping in and on. <laughs> Tell me about life growing up then for you. Oh, pretty idyllic, really. In the, in the early 70s, I was 66, I was born so late, 60s, early 70s. Uh, one village, probably about 30, 40 kids, all different ages. So you end up playing sport with people 12, 15 years older than you sometimes. You know, it's amazing, really. You know? And um, so, small little village, three crosses, could play cricket, play football on the road, see one car every, you know, every 20 minutes. Um, and surrounded by a lot of you know common land and things like that, so it was, it was a great place. You just go out at uh, 
go out after school and then come back when the, when the sun went down, like like a lot of people of my age, I suppose. But um, yeah, loved it, loved it. Uh, come from a sporting family, so to speak, in in that they both loved sport. My mother and my father, and I had a lot of encouragement. And I think that if I had stayed in Portainen, I would have struggled to to probably get an early uh, taste of of I suppose a representative or getting involved in representative uh, teams and things like that. So, so yeah, it was, it was a good move for me when he, when my father shipped us up there. And, um, and and that's how, really, I started love of sport, really, from about four or five years of age. Oh, OK, OK, because, you, yeah, your father played cricket for Swansea itself. Yeah. Um, have your family always been into sport? Yeah, I mean, it, well, you know my partner, Lindsay, when she comes down to our house, she, well, she don't get a sniff of the telly. <laughs> my father was always watching sport, I was watching sport, so... Yeah, she used to bring her books down to do a bit of work. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, always, always involved. My mother was took up golf in her forties um, and was down to about ten or eleven. She played really well. Oh. Uh, father, I opened the batting with my dad for Swansea seconds when I was eleven, I think, eleven or twelve. And he always used to take me to the games when he was playing. He had the haulage business Monday to Friday. Saturday the lorries were off the road, so he'd be in the, he'd be the mechanic going with the mechanic, get them fixed. And then Saturday afternoon was his cricket day. Mm. And um, he dressed me in my whites from five years of age, take me to the cricket, and I'd be round the house and they'll be throwing balls at me from when I was five, you know. And you look back on it now and you think, that's a big sacrifice. It was his big afternoon with his mates and, and playing cricket. But yeah, he used yeah. to take me, take me, you know, and that's how I got into it, really. Um, I think I was nine when someone didn't turn up and uh, I ended up fielding. And the ball was like a melon. I remember this big catch went up, right? And it looked like a melon coming down. You know, there's a bigger ball in it. You know, the, 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 but um, I dropped it as well. But oh no! Yeah, I did drop it. Yeah. But I, I had your sympathy for it. It's only nine, wasn't I? Yeah. I want a six foot mine at nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's been hard life. <laughs> yeah. you know, everything revolved revolved around sport, really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because you you played rugby, didn't you? For a little bit. Played a bit of rugby. Uh, you had to in, in our school. We had a really good football team. We had one chance of playing in the Swansea Leagues and we won everything. And then our uh, P teacher was an ex-first-class rugby player. Put us back uh, into the rugby, no football now. And uh, mm. used to get battered. I was scrum half. Get battered every... You were scrum uh, half? Yeah. I was going to ask, yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, I had you down as a hooker, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, so it, it's... Um, Sport was like I said. You play. You play four times a weekend. I think you know. Like I don't know. Kids do that now. But my era, you, you school rugby, football. If we if we could get a game and then, and then you play uh, football for your club and you play rugby for a local rugby club as well. So it's just like fun. Yeah. I, I, I remember talking to we had, we had Kerry Mayo on here. We was talking about that and growing up. I remember that just playing all the time. Like you said, even about playing out in the street and yeah. you know you playing the field and you go there and you play all day until the sun goes down and yeah. that was it. And it's, it's so different now, isn't it? Like, yeah, so everything's too safe. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Everyone's a bit nervous. I was saying with my kids. Yeah. You know, I remember you'd climb the you'd climb in trees which are about forty foot high when you're seven, eight <laughs> yeah, years of age. Yeah, 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 wouldn't yeah, even yeah. think about it. Wouldn't think about it. Right. And, you know, I'd get a clip of one of the older kids in the village and father crying, going, oh, father, just turn me around and put me out, push me back out the door and sort it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it was very much, you know, it taught you a lot of things, didn't yeah, it, really? Yeah, you know, it yeah. taught you how to... I'd say survive seems a bit, you know, a bit, bit much, a bit deeper, but it certainly give you some good... Uh, Brandy. Life lessons, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know? and just be like we, we talked about that. Like just being around sport in yeah. general, being in that changing room, that changing room banter that you can't yeah. get anywhere else in it. But for everything you do in life, like like you said, going to business, and we talk about that, and you go into you know a networking event, but you're able to hold a conversation because you've yeah. been around that. Just being able to communicate, and you are under that younger generation, they miss out on that, but maybe a little bit more. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that, that as well. Just touching about how much sport you played. Um, Football and rugby definitely got me into the cricket because I, I was. But now, if you look at T20 uh, cricket, the fielding is fantastic, right? If you're average, you stand out like a sore thumb. When I started playing, the fitness was of a darts team, right? <laughs> and when I went in there, I, I was picked. I was picked for Glamorgan, right, in the John Player League game, and batted number nine because I saved 20 runs in the field. That's how, that's how poor the fielding was, and that's all down to football. I, I, I never practised the fielding when I was... Well, you do, you're out and about, but it, yeah. I never did drills or anything, but the turning in football, the, you know, all the, all the movements in football and rugby yeah. made me made me the, the cricketer, and, and I got uh, the fielder, especially. And when people say, oh, you've got to pack in one sport because you're good at football, say you've got to pack in every other sport when you're 11, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous because yeah. it gives you good grounding, you know, all yeah. different sports. 
yeah. yeah. Football was your first love, though, wasn't it? Oh, it's always been my first love, football, yeah. Uh, I, was, I was always a better footballer than cricketer. And, but I was coming to the age where um, I was doing both. I played for Glamorgan twos at 15, and, and then John Toshuck was manager of the Swans, and the first, second year in the first division. Um, and I didn't think, I was always training with the Swans, and, and I never thought that I would be one of the, te- the ones who would be picked up for Apprentice. Yeah. And then, lo and behold, they, they offered me the Apprenticeship, because obviously I, I didn't grow from probably about 13 to 15. I didn't grow, and and, it, and, they, and others did, and it left me. It became a very physical game. Yeah. I was sent to midfield, and I, 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 even, even when I was a pro, I wasn't quick, and I wasn't very big. I, I, my game was all about picking passes and stuff like that, you know, yeah. centre midfield and um, and finding space. And those two years were were hard work because everyone shot up. And, and my mate next door played for uh, for Wales under 15s, and he was always behind me all the way through. You know, yeah. he's in the same school, lived next door, oh, good, wow. still a good mate of mine. Yeah. And he, he got picked for Wales, right? At under yeah. 15, and I was always the one coming all the way up that was gonna kick on mm-hmm. and then I couldn't even get in the Swansea schoolboys team at, at, at under 15 that's how much it left me behind wow. and uh, there was a guy Alan Lovell uh, an ex-pro who was Dunbar and Three Crosses uh, it was my team and my dad went to him and said what can he do and he got me running around the village at like what would have been 13 years of age right, yeah, so I, I used to do three miles get me to do three miles at that age he said because mm-hmm. you, you'll dominate the last 20 minutes of a game if you if you fit than everyone else so that's where my running, the, the fitness, yeah, the yeah. training. I train every day now, and it's not because well done me. It's just mentally something <laughs> I've got to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. because it, it was instilled in me from when I was thirteen, really, from this Allen level. You know, get get out, get yourself as fit as you can, be the best you can be. Did you get? Because didn't you get an apprenticeship with Swansea at sixteen? Yeah, sixteen, two year apprenticeship, and I was one year pro. Yeah, um, but you. Uh, how many, you didn't play many games? I played three football league games, a couple of cup games and things like that. It was when the Swans, I, I was saying like, I was very fortunate, I was that the Swans were in the first division, the yeah. second division, yeah. and the third division. And unfortunately, it was that order too. First, we went <laughs> down the division because they lost all their players. I don't know if you remember, Save Our Swans. They, they, Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, they had a Stevie Wonder concert there uh, to raise money and things like that. I, I used to go out in the apprentice and I had to take the Sherpa vans to the game. The apprentices would drive, right. I'd have to go and fill them up. Uh, with, with juice, you know, and it wouldn't. None, none of the petrol stations it had to be cash. No, it wouldn't give Swans credit or anything. Wow, it was that bad. So all the players, the big players that came from Liverpool, um, who, who we talking about Ray Kennedy, we had Alan a long time ago. This, but yeah. Alan Curtis, Bob Latchford, yeah, uh, people like that. Robbie James, great yeah, players. Yeah, remember those players? Yeah, yeah, they they all they all had to leave because yeah. we were skint. <gasps> and then the the year above me, which was. Uh, some good players, now Colin Pascoe played for Wales, uh, Dean Saunders was in that, and um, they, they then went into the first team, and it was tough, because it, so, it was physical when you went down to the second division, the old second yeah, division, yeah, yeah. and then the third, man. I mean, we were still playing football combination against uh, West Ham, Tottenham, all the London clubs, and I played against Hoddle, Ardilis, Graham Ricks, right. Jerry France, right, all okay, them, yeah. and it was great, lovely pitches, proper football, and then I'd get picked in the first team, and it'd be Rotherham at home on a mud bath, like, <laughs> just see my knees out of the mud, <laughs> and, and uh, I won't get a kick. Yeah, right. where's Cots? Yeah. I, 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 I played Wimbledon in a pre-season friendly, right? On, um, so it was hard, you know, hard ground and that. The smallest bloke was a keeper. <laughs> Honestly, God, the, the ball never went anywhere near me. You know, it was wow. always up in the air, elbows. And it was just, that's why I really enjoyed my time at the Swans when I was playing combination, because uh, it was it was fantastic. I just wish I could have gone on another, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and another crack at it, because it was eight and a half stone, I think, dripping wet, five foot four. And the the first team was playing on these mud bars, and it, you look at it now, you know, and it's 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 different, different game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, wow. and but all that time you sent them, that was your your yeah. position with it. Yeah, yeah, playing. Yeah, because well, I wasn't in goal, was I? Funny <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, mate. Because <laughs> you were released, weren't you, by John Bond? Is that a nice word for sacked? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I often get asked. Uh, Given why, the Spanish why, archer. Why, why, why do you choose cricket instead of football? There's not much choice in the sack, is there? Yeah. But I, I, but I, I, I played against um, Birmingham. I did well against Birmingham. And they were the most northerly of the combination because it was, it was um, all the London clubs. And there was talk that they'd take me on a little trial and stuff like that for six months or whatever. And, and I got. I got release sack whatever the bullet whatever you want to call it by recorded delivery it's still something that sits with me now because my dad opened the, the letter on a monday morning saying wow that's how i was told and he was very very upset he was crying my dad and and then he, he had to come up and show me the letter so 
you know, it's something you look at now. That that era of football was bullying. You, you think about bullying, it was the most unbelievable dressing room. Oh, wow. I mean, there was fights every, you know, every every week, two or three fights in training. Um, I'll tell you a story. Should I name names here? Probably. Yeah, go on. Well, Phil Bosmer was the assistant manager at the Swans, yeah. right? And, man, he, he ruled with a rod of iron. Like, you know, everyone was, the kids were so scared. If you if you picked the, the, the net of balls up to take the training, you'd have a property for the way you were carrying them. You knew it was your day. Because one apprentice would have it at training, and they would nip him all the time. And in the end, could he still trap? You know, can trap a bag of cement by the end of the, the, wow. the, the training? Because wow. they were, you know, honing you at 16 years of age. You know, it was. <laughs> I, I think I do. I think you you know the bit in the book where the um, I got injured at 16, dead leg. You know, and I you know, dead legs, a dead leg. Whether you're 16 or 36. Yeah. And I, and I, I had this ultrasound and Phil, but we didn't have a physio because Liverpool didn't have a physio and we did everything like Liverpool yeah. did. So he had an ultrasound on my, you know those ultrasound yeah, things, yeah, you put yeah. gel down on yeah, your yeah. thigh like that. Yeah. And then one of the other coaches rings him up, I think it was about how do we get to Old Trafford on Saturday or something, what's the journey and all that. And he, he forgets about rubbing it on my leg. So I was so scared of Phil, was another 16 year old. And I kept, like, it was burning me like. I wasn't gonna say nothing. It's burning, burning, and in the end, it was too much. And I just whoo, like I knocked it out of his hand, knocked the phone out, of his, and he just looked down at me and laughed, like you know, the big burn mark on my leg. So oh my it was, wow. it, it was just different gravy back then, you know, because now everything is politically yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a bit wokey or whatever you want to call it, but it, it taught me some massive lessons and also hardened me up, you know, really yeah, hardened yeah, me up, toughened me up as a kid. Wow. Have you had to sink or swim? <laughs> I guess, like you say, from a from a resilience point of view, like having to deal with that sort of stuff, and like you say, we we go on to it later again into business. But then those type of lessons, like you say, life lessons more than anything that you yeah. go and take them on to for you bloody. Hell. But you're right; it's it's a completely different world now. Like in the change room, you could, and yeah. what's your take then on like things like with soft skills and that? That should be and how that is. Yeah, it's, right. it's massive, aren't they? I mean, to li- to live in a dressing room, I was lucky. when I was sixteen to thirty eight in a dressing room. Uh, years of age, so you you, I, I go back to you know when you when you're really hungry, you do anything to get in that team, mm-hmm. and you can be nasty sod, right? And I was, you know, I try try I do anything to get in that team. But once you're in and you're established, it's, it's not a bad it's, it's not a bad place to be because everyone's hungry and that, right? And then when you get past that and you get you have a couple of good seasons, right? You think your voice is more important than your performance. I, I used to call it a little political stage of you right mm. if you've got a team of those kind of people right you're going to struggle right because it's toxic so you need to get out of that one into the third bit which is generally people who are their team is the most important thing you're just a cog in a team and if it's a young kid even if he's a batter you go and help him yeah. then if you get a team of them then then you go in places you know i was lucky to be in a few teams like that but i was also in the early part of my career in, in teams which was like the toxic bit as well mm. and so in, in answer to your question of, of soft skills, once you've been through that, you kind of understand that people can read between the lines, can't they? They can read between the lines. You know, false modesties and all that. It's a load of rubbish, really. You, you know, you prep well and you try and help help your teammates and stuff like that because it ultimately it's a team game and you want to win things. Yeah. So all those soft skills are of how to get the best out of people. You watch. You watch other people, you know, who are older than you and have been there and, and done it before, right. and try and pick up the best bits of them. And it certainly, it certainly helps in business. I mean, I was lucky that, I mean, I dealt with mil- million millionaires who, are, who, you know, in my in my last job, millionaires who own their own business. Um, Sam, Sam at the gate, right? Yeah. He's fantastic. You know, he's just got it in spades. So, you, and then there's the the supporters at Sussex. You know, from all walks of life, yeah. and then you've got a CEO like Rob Andrew comes down, ex, you know, legend rugby player, um, and then you'll meet somebody who's quite hard work who's a sponsor as well. Yeah. And you've got to try and you've got to swallow your pride a bit and try and manipulate that situation so yeah. that you've got some common ground. So you continually, in the last year of business relation, man, you you continually, you know, feeding off what you picked up in the dressing room. I think. Yeah, because oh, believe that. I guess that side of it, it's all down to communication. How you how you talk to different. Yeah. People at different levels, whatever it is, you can as long as you can hold that conversation, have yeah. a communication with someone, then you can build a relationship, which is how it. Yeah, I never knew of networking until I came to Brighton. Really? To be honest, uh, yeah, obviously I wasn't in, I wasn't in that kind, that of, kind of world, field yeah. really. I was, I was, I was very lucky when I finished that I went into um, 
my mate basically my mate's wife got me a job as a training advisor because I was stuffed I finished in Sussex I'd lost all my contacts in in Wales I had to go back young family and um, she got me she got me an interview and I got the job and it was a training advisor and basically I, there was people who had been out of work for three generations families like that in Clenetley, um alcohol drugs stuff like that and they were brought back into college to say do secretarial courses and things like that and um, and for that they'd, they'd have childcare and then my job was to put them in front of a uh, get a tutor so we we do a you know assess them and then I'd try and get them a placement it was free placement and, and and work those three together so that was a good grounding for but network I didn't know what networking was yeah. and I got into a bit of sales so you know it, it, it just morphed there was no there's no plan really it was yeah. just right. you know just one thing to the next really Go, go, go. Can I take this back to the old sport? Sorry, know? mate. Yeah, yeah, sorry. sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I was, no, I was just going to ask you, because you're, you're the businessman, I'm the sporting yeah. buffoon, <laughs> I think is the expression. <laughs> Stato, Stato. No, I, I was going to ask, because when you got into cricket, yeah. you had a choice with Glamorgan, but you had a choice to go to Birmingham City, I believe. Yeah. I a choice. To play football. Yeah. There was, you know, there was, there was an, an awful kind of thing that there was a, a you know going a trial or whatever you want to call it back yeah. in the day got go there and I had an opportunity to go but the, the thing about it I, I mentioned about that recorded delivery and and how the, the how I felt I was treated at that time it put you off football put me off football and right. and I mean and then Alan Jones my old coach uh, he got the highest runs for Glamorgan a great man Alan rang me up and said look all the boys are in university in the Glamorgan seconds I hadn't, I hadn't played for a year Tosh let me play for one summer and then John Bond came, I couldn't play. So I didn't have a bat or anything. He said, look, we're playing we're playing uh, Warwickshire seconds at St. Helens, Swansea. He said, do you want to have a game? Yeah. You know, in, in Glamorgan seconds. So I said, yeah, yeah, to borrow a bat. All right, that's the stage you've got to do. And then, I don't know if you know these guys, but Tim Munton had a couple of games for England at bowler, and Brian McMillan played a lot for South Africa opening bowler. They opened the bowling against me. I was in first. I got a couple of 80s. And and then, do you want to play the next game? It was against Worcester away. Got 80-odd first in his air. To be honest, never looked back. And um, with regards to the direction I was going to go, I mean, I played for Merthyr, you know, um, in the Southern yeah, League yeah, yeah. at the time, um, and you know, I, I quite enjoyed that. But yeah. I, I reckon I, I haven't played fifty senior games of football since I was nineteen. It's wow. amazing, isn't it? Because okay. everything wow. like we talk about four times a week, and then the training and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just fell out of love with it, really, because it's funny. And it someone makes a big impression of it, where, you know the way things end, and and that was. That was my first, um, I suppose, ma massive body blow. That was, yeah, you know, yeah. I had the thing at 12, 13, but I was a kid then, and, and it's, that's just, you know, you know, roll with it a bit. But, but that was a professional thing. And I still never, even now, I, I never feel uh, very confident when I was at Sussex, I, I, I second guessing myself, am I doing a good job? Am I not? Yeah, yeah. Because of that body blow when I was nine, it must be that, you know. They, that, they do say if things things that happen early in yeah. childhood do mm. do affect you. Yeah. Well, in did, did you life. feel like at like you, at that point when you got let go? Did you feel like you failed at that point? Oh yeah, massive. In your head, like oh, massive. Like, um, do you, don't forget, everyone's watching you as well. You yeah, know, all yeah, the yeah. kids that you went to school with and stuff like that. They're all watching you going up. And and it, God, living the dream. Swansea City yeah. First Division Club, you know. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, yeah. and then it's funny though. My my old man, brilliant. Like, he, he had a great way of bring me down to earth when I played well or, or boost me when I did badly, you know. But when I when I when I when I had that, the dust settled a little bit. Um, it was straight into that cricket season, and they offered me I had a two month contract then August, July and August, with a view to a year the next year. Got to Morgan. Yeah. I had a winter then, right? Not doing anything really. So I played for Merthyr, yeah. I, I got 50 quid a game. Um, my father had the whole his business, right? So, um, so basically, he, uh, he says, right, come and work for me in the winter. Because you're not going to stuff, he didn't say stuff, I, you know, you know where I am very well, but <laughs> it's a bit cruder than that. You're not going to mess up the second opportunity here with the Morgan. He said, come and work with me. I said, right, fair enough. So I was a grease monkey, 35 quid, cash in hand. Yeah, yeah. Do you know why he gave me cash in hand? Because he made me go and sign on every, every fortnight. Oh, horrendous! Horrendous! Really? Just been at the Swans, right? Played played for the Swans the the year before, yeah. and I had to go every every other Tuesday sign on the Swans, oh, and and it was nothing wow. for the money. He got he, he got to give me a lot more than that. It was it was, listen, this is what could happen. Sort yourself out. So, oh, so, yeah. so, wow. So, wow. So, so I look back on that. That was that was from how, how bad the recorded delivery was, and how other people might view that now. 
especially yeah. in the world we're in now. That was the best thing. That was the best thing you could have done for me. Proper. He knew me inside out. So yeah. Yeah, this was, listen, I know you're going to hate every second of this, but you're going to hate it down the job centre more. And so crack on. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally it. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and it's hard, isn't it? But then what's like, so your, your relationship with failure, like, what, what, how is that uh, over the years then, even going in? Obviously, then, then you went on to great success with, in the cricket and you, you know, to, to, live as a sportsman whatever and to play football and then go and play cricket as well like has that changed then for you in your mindset Did you, have you put that to bed that failing you know what I've, I've I, I, I used to look at both the sporting careers as five and a half out of ten six yeah. out of ten could have done better I do because I wanted to play for England but even though I was better at football and cricket um, once you got into the cricket I was aspiring I want to play for England yeah. like everyone does yeah, yeah. and um, I got I played one game like a representative game against Australia A in 96 I think it was um, and that's as far as I got and I saw a lot of my my uh, colleagues Robert Croft uh, Matthew Maynard Hugh Morris um, uh, all play for England Steve Watkin all, yeah. all the, cause we, were, we grew up together the Morgan side were all ex-well schoolboys who came together and won a championship right, yeah. Viv Richards won bad yeah, I saw them all get to play for England, so I always look back on my career um, and think, ah, you know, I didn't quite hit where where I wanted to in, in cricket either. Right. I, and, and that's not, it is, it does sound really negative, but I loved it. Yeah. But if you ask me, do a synopsis of, of your, your sporting career, I'll give you, I'll say six if I'm lucky, five and a half, six, because I never got to where I got. Yeah. The team did. And I did well within that team. I said we won two championships yeah, and, yeah, and exactly. stuff like that. Yeah, but, yeah. but, um, but personally, I, yeah, I, I always look back and, and think, you know, all that hard graph. I never got to work. So yeah, tinged with quite a bit of disappointment in my sporting career, wow. to be honest. Because wow. because when you play for Glamorgan, um, you got to correct me if I've got any of this wrong. Hundred, uh, this is please, please correct. Yeah, please correct. <laughs> me. 197 <laughs> matches for Glamorgan, scoring ten over ten thousand runs. Um, 21 centuries, but you turned down an offer for renewing your contract with Glamorgan in 1998, didn't you? What what happened there? Oh, I stubborn little bugger. I mean, I look at it now. That Glamorgan could have handled it better, and so could I, really. Um, I, I was offered a two-year contract. Yeah. I I was vice captain of the team. Yeah. We won the championship previous the year before last. Yeah. And it was my my worst year in '97. I'd gone 94, five and six, an average over 50. 27 I averaged as vice captain when we won the championship and I struggled and then the next year 98 I got back up into the 30s still not quite and I think there was a bit of a feeling at my best years gone so I was offered a two and I asked for a three because of benefit systems back then and I was seven years capped I needed three to get to me to 10 years cap right and I thought well look if, if that's what they think I mean let's let's get myself to 10 years cap and then we reassess if I get okay. if I get yeah. a benefit it's not yeah. a given but if I get a benefit at least I'm eligible <laughs> And in those days, the chief exec did the money, the salary, and the the um, the committee uh, decided on the length of contract. So the chief exec gave me a bit more money. I said, it's not about money, I need the extra year. And um, and they wouldn't budge. So then I I, I, I rung you know, Chris Adams up, because um, I knew Chris, and, and also I liked being by the sea, Swansea boy, and I always enjoyed it down Brighton and Hove. So I rang up and said, listen, would you take me on a five-year contract? Because a five-year contract would probably then, you know, I suppose subsidise the fact I'm not going to get a benefit. That's what I thought. Okay? Mm. Now he said, "Wait a sec," and he, excuse me, he said, "Excuse me," to someone. It was Matthew Maynard, my captain at Glamorgan. He oh, was right. with. He was at the end of season do that I didn't go to for some reason. So like a P, P, uh, PCA do, you know. All right. So he said, "Right, Peter Moore's. Yeah, we'll come up and we'll meet you." So they said four. I said, "Look, I cannot come in for four. It has to be a five-year deal." And we shook hands on it before we were allowed to do it. We shook hands on it right. um, back in the day. And he said, do you want to, will you sign? I said, I'm not signing anything, got my word. I then went back to Glamorgan, rang all my mates, told them I was going, nah, don't be daft. They always thought of me as someone who changed their mind. Yeah. I always changed my mind, shocking. Because yeah. <laughs> and, and so, they say now, so one time you never changed your mind. And um, <laughs> so so I went back and then all of a sudden the committee's running out, what can we do to make you stay? Well, I said, nothing, you, like over the last two months we've been talking about this. So, they didn't handle it well. I got stubborn, and um, and so yeah. The following year, I was I was up at Sussex, and it's funny actually because Toby Pierce, who you, I think, do you know Toby Quaffed Wines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toby, yeah, yeah, yeah. Toby was uh, playing for Sussex against me in '98, that my last year. 
God, give him some almighty stick. Because we were the only Welsh county who used to get into a lot of the teams, you know, yeah. verbally and that. What, on the pitch? Oh, yeah. When he came like up, Yeah, oh, man. Right, yeah, we, he got out in this really oh, ridiculous position. We had two people with helmets on uh, on the leg side, close to the bat, and he came in, and, and he's, he, he got a bit of a strut. Uh, juice, I call him. Carrot right. juice, a carrot right. stick up his ass. I just call it <laughs> juice. And he came in, and and uh, he looked at these two fielding positions. First ball, right, and he just tutted like that, like that. First ball, he went there, Nick edged it, or not edged it off his glove into, and we give him the biggest send off right you've ever heard. Right. <laughs> so I go in for pre-season. Next year, I'm Sussex player. Who's the first person? Yeah, <laughs> Toby, please. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so I, I still see a load of him now, you know. So we always uh, remind each other that. Oh, I didn't know that about yeah. him, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, funny. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a good player. All yeah. oh, right, okay. Because <laughs> we talked about joining Sussex and Chris Adams. You never looked back really after that, as far as your cricket career was concerned, because he spent six seasons with Sussex, made 74 appearances, scoring nearly 4,000 runs. Um, ten centuries in that one. What was the highlight of your career? I think I know the answer, but what was the highlight? Yeah, to be fair, as you said, I was lucky enough to win the championship with Glamorgan and, and Sussex. Um, and I won a Sunday league with, with Viv Richards. And Glamorgan hadn't won anything for 24 years in 93. And I was 27. And Viv was always my hero. So, uh, you know, that's... Yeah. Well, I watched Viv. Proper legend. He, oh, he, he got 291 at the Oval in 1976 when I was a 10-year-old. Yeah. And he was on terrestrial telly and that. I watched it. Oh, I thought, fantastic. So, so I get to play with him for three years and I'm batting five and he's batting six or vice versa or whatever. Um, so you get to play with your hero. And then that game at Canterbury, we hadn't won anything. And the Welsh really get behind their team when, when you're doing well. Yeah. BBC Wales followed us all the games. So we go to Canterbury, they're top, we're second. We win, they win the Sunday League. They win, they win the Sunday League. So there's well, thousands and thousands went up there. And it got to the stage where we were struggling a little bit. We were four down, me and Viv batting. And um, we put on 60-odd to win the game unbeaten. Won the first thing, for, like I said, for 24 years. I get the winning runs, straight drive over the keeper's head. Brilliant. Top edge over the keeper's head. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and running off together, it's kind of an iconic photo that's used quite a lot at, at Glamorgan and stuff like that. It's me and Viv running off together and a crowd coming on. And it never got, it really, on a personal note, never really got better than that because, wow. and then, funny enough, the games then were Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Monday, championship games, the 40 games with a Sunday in between. And I, I, Viv got out before me, got 50 in the first innings. Then I'm undefeated with Viv on the Sunday. And then he gets 80 off about 30 balls on the Monday because we were all a bit pissed from, from yeah. the celebrations because <laughs> yeah. we were out of the game on the Monday. Yeah. And uh, and I was not out. I got when he when he left the field. I got fifty odd, and um, so I I'm batted the last three times he ever played professional cricket. I was the one who was batting with him. Wow, so amazing. so that, that that did it get any better than that? Not really. No, that's not, not even medals or anything. Yeah, so that's that was, an incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you 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 you've only got memories for that. Yeah, yeah. There's which is great. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean uh, that's extraordinary because yes. he was a proper. So Viv Richards was. Um, a legend of the game, wasn't he? No, no, no. I'm not. No, he always goes. He don't know. No, 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 no. Because no, to me that was perhaps not so much Glamorgan in my head. For me, Viv Richards was when it was Somerset. Somerset, yeah. And it was Somerset, and it was with I vaguely recall Big Joel Garner. Garner, yeah. Both, wasn't it? Yeah. Both was there. Yeah, both. So both them. Yeah, and they were just that was an immense. So so. As a kid, when I was growing up, Viv Richards was, was uh, if I'd yeah. known, it would have been Tony Cotley that I would have been, you know, <laughs> looking up to. And, uh, well, I say looking up, up to. You say the list is possible, yeah. so sorry. Yes. Yeah, but are you right? Or you transcend? You know, like you talk about boxing back in Ali, you had Muhammad Ali, didn't you? Yeah. Transcend this war, Viv, because of his character, his swagger, and yeah. his confidence, and and that he definitely transcended. We had him down, didn't we? Where cricket meets at the at. Um, at Sussex. Yeah, um, I missed that one. I was gutted. Ten, must be about ten years ago, nine, yeah, ten yeah. years ago. And you know, you know the boundary rooms as well as Cow Corner now. They, they, um, they could hold on a match day twenty-four tables of ten. We had two hundred and eighty-five in there, and I could have sold it about three times over. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a proper it's one. Amazing. Yeah. Just yeah, because yeah. of his aura, you know. Yeah. He still holds it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like you said, as a, on a personal note, to, to play with an idol and mm. and what what a magical experience. But now, looking over that 
you, you sort of create, I always talk about certainly on the business one about like getting to those moments where they're, 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 they're magical moments that you sort of remember they're the highlights of your, your career but do, do you look back over them and go how much you enjoy the journey of it as well and did, 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 did you take the time to really uh, do you look back now and go they were amazing times really of being as a, yeah, as a I, the different times as well right because you know the stories of uh, the market diner in Brighton and buddies and yeah. you know a few sportsmen out there when they possibly shouldn't have been in there yeah, yeah. maybe it's in the 80s and, <laughs> and stuff like that well I, my cricket career was was a social it was it was a very social because yeah, yeah. it's a bit like you know when Wenger came to Arsenal they reckon they were they had a drinking culture but when he came apparently he got the foreigners in and you either get on the bus or jump off don't you yeah, well, right. I, I played through a lot of the social time of cricket where you know, boys are going to have a few beers after the game, you know? Yeah. And so the memories are not just confined to to the, the pitch, you know? They, yeah, they, they, they There was a lot of good good nights out yeah. and stuff and like that. Anything you, you want to talk about? Not really, thank Get you. Off your <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for asking. That, that's <laughs> right. well, thank, you for, thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> as, for the, as for the second episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the X-rated version. You retired... Unfortunately, it came round to it in, in 2004. Yeah, that's another good one because you're all about, you know, I was as a, as a, as a, a player. player. You see how, how I view myself, right? Yeah. I, I, I didn't, in my world, didn't do brilliantly for Sussex, right? I, but in 2003, I had a massive year when we won the championship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a massive year, right? Yeah. So then they said that was the end of my uh, five year contract. So they said, do you want to have another one, another year? I didn't know what I was going to do. I probably should have finished then. I didn't know what I was going to do. And, and Peter Moore said to me, look, he said, we've got to sign uh, um, Ward, you know, the Sky presenter? Um, you know, uh, cricket uh, Sky presenter? Oh, yeah, yeah. Ward, right? He said, we're going to sign him, Ian Ward, right? And um, I had a couple of drinks last night, I forgot his first name. Huh? Uh, <laughs> Ian Ward, right? Um, so, yeah, so you're going to sign him. And to be honest, you're 38. Um, will you captain the second team? And... Um, if he signs, but it, we're not sure if we're going to sign him. And if we don't, we need you there if you don't sign. I said, yeah, fine. But I said, don't forget about me if I'm doing well in the in the, in the set. So no problem. So I ended up getting in the, back in the first team. And I got my first game mid-season, I got 185. I, I, I captained the, the Nashy, Ben Brown, and people like that in the seconds. Yeah, yeah. And we, we were close to winning that T20. It was great fun, right? Because mm-hmm. the pressure was off. And then so I got back in. And then back in the, that mindset of, of of trying to trying to do well, you know, for the first team, um, and it, it was great. And, and I mean, the end of that season, Mushy's in my ear, Mushy Dark Army, right in my ear. He said, "You should be, hey, you should go into him and ask him for another year. Go and ask him for another year." And I was just finishing my career, no pressure. Yeah. Once I started thinking, I'm going to have another year, my form dipped. I went in to ask him. He said, "We'll see at the end of the season." By that time, my form, my form had dipped. Right. So I, I don't believe I retired. You can look at it which way you like. Okay. I believe that's sacking number two. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you know because yeah. I, you know in in the world of cricket it was that I was finishing yeah. and it was good. Sussex played it out like that. Yeah. But I was I was up for another year. So it's funny, isn't it? You know, go yeah. by. It's a lot. I've got to be honest. When anyone listening to this is, I'm going to hang myself because it's pretty negative. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty honest about how I see it. That's why I say six out of ten could do better. Right. Okay. Yeah, on, on all of it, really. I, I, forgive me, I, I haven't asked you, and I, I, didn't, I, I, I skipped that, and I didn't mean to, but um, it'd be remiss of us not to talk about how you felt during that fabulous season for Sussex, winning the title, and, mm. and, and I mean, yeah. it, was, it, was a, it was an amazing time, wasn't it, to be a Sussex player? Oh, yeah, it was it, 164 years or something, something yeah. daft, like yeah. I never won the championship. To be part of that... You, you talk about legacy and stuff like that. I mean, the, the 13 or 14 who played in that team, yeah. they, they were some brilliant players for us. Imran Khan, Tony Gregg, Dexter, people like that yeah. back in the day. Lots yeah. more. Yeah, long term ago. Long term yeah. ago. And, but we'll, we, we'll always be one of the first 14 or 15 who played in that, that year yeah. to win the championship for Sussex. So that's pretty special. And when I won it with Glamorgan, they were all Welsh schoolboys who'd grown together as a team, got beaten by England schoolboys when you're under 11s, 12s, 13. Yeah, yeah. And then we're the only Welsh county and we go and win it. That's really special to share that with all people you've grown up since you've been 11 with. Mm. And I get asked which was the better one. Of course, it's a real tough one because Sussex, the amount, the amount of passion for the for the team at that that year and the crowds for four day game packing out the ground yeah. for four day cricket and that um and then when they stopped we we got needed a batting point to win it 
so we were all in the in the dressing room apart from uh, Chris Adams and um, Murray, I think Murray Goodwin. And when and when it hit the, the run that got us the point that won us the championship, Phil De Freitas, the Leicester uh, captain, said, "Yeah, stop the game." And we had a ten. All of us came on a pitch. We did a, a lap of honour. You know, yeah. well, it's fantastic. You know, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm very proud to be Welsh, but British as well. But so the, the Welsh thing is kind of tugs one side. But listen, I've been embraced up here by Sussex yeah, in, yeah. in two two careers, yeah. and not just by Sussex club, the people around you as well, because yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a, a, a networking relationship job. So I was welcomed with open arms of here. So yeah. I, I've got a massive, you know, pull here. I'm living here now, and yeah, I, you know, yeah. set up with, so. Difficult question, you know, or different thing, difficult thing to answer about which was the one that. Both magical yeah, moments, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and obviously, you became a business relationship manager. Um, yeah. I don't know anyone else that's got that title, business no. relationship. I, I didn't either because I asked my old man, "What do I do?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't bloody know. Draw lorries. <laughs> that was two thousand and nine. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Robbo um, was instrumental in that. Mark Robinson. We always said that we'd, we'd try and if we got into coaching, one of us would take the other one and stuff like that. And yeah. I, I, I applied for the second team job, but I didn't want to. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to come up here for twelve months a year at that time. Mm. And it, and I, would, I believe I would have had it, but because uh, I wouldn't, I wanted to commute or not commute, but you know what I mean, six yeah. months on like cricket and then go back to us. That didn't happen. So when Neil Lennon uh, finished. Uh, Doing that that yeah. job, um, Robbo rang me up and said, "Look, you know they're looking for someone with a big liver who can talk shit." We've tried everyone. <laughs> we've, tri- we've tried everyone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he said, "You know, it's it's very much uh, look after the players club. I knew them. You know, the sponsors there, and and Dave Brooks was CEO at the time, and he said, "Look, I just want you to keep what we got in the players club and make contacts around the place." And, Cause hard two years because you know what Brighton's like the networking and yeah. I mean I was going out three four five times a, a week mm-hmm. and then yeah. right doing yeah. your job the next day yeah, oh, yeah, God, yeah. that was hard yeah, work yeah, yeah. and then once you built that kind of reputation you know I'm not saying I was out all the time but but you, I certainly you know I relished it to be it's honest. difficult to get out of it no, I, I, I did relish it until I got like maybe the last three or four years right. and I started finding it hard then once I passed like fifty and stuff like that that gone out. Continuously, yeah, yeah. takes his toll, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Generally, it does. It mentally takes his toll. In that, get a few blue days in the morning. You know, (laughs) that's why I was finding. I said, "Oh, I'm not fussed on this," and and that was probably the major reason why I did leave Sussex. You know, when I did was was that part of it. Having a COVID time where I was on furlough, and then real healthy living. You know, in that, and then I think, I'm not sure I want to go back to. That, yeah, you know that blimey. networking life again, and after dinner speaking, I, I it, it started to make me anxious. Yeah. Uh, after dinner speaking, did I did, I wasn't enjoying it, you know. Mm. So those were the two major pulls really to to try something new. So how yeah. how, how much was it a challenge for you to go from playing to being um, in the commercial world, you know, to, for making that step across? The the fact that I played. This is going back to Wales now. Um, when I went back, my as I mentioned to you, my my mates. Uh, wife got me the interview so I was a training advisor and I was on a third of the money that I was yeah, on yeah. At, at Sussex and then what I did I, I proed in the leagues I captained the team in the leagues for three years so I was still enjoying playing then and it was all young kids well three three senior ones with me and then yeah, all yeah. young kids and we won it with Neath it was great so I, I got paid for doing that um, I then had a newspaper column I did after dinner speaking I was commentating for BBC Radio Wales and I was coaching Right, the wheels, the wheels under 15s. Yeah. So I had about 30 days a year, all my holidays right. were spent on that. So I made up my money, so to speak, on all other things. So in answer to your question, the sport got me the foot in the door without right. a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, yeah. And I, I often wonder when I come up to Sussex, if would I would I have made a fist of it if I worked as a business relationship manager for a solicitor, say? Doing the same thing, going around the network yeah. like, like yeah, we all do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or was it the fact that I was the ex-cricketer and I was selling cricket products. It's, um, it's and, and, and fixing perfect. I always kind of, uh, yeah. <laughs> not worried, I always wondered whether that was the case. Um, so yeah, it's, it was massive. You know, I used, not used it, but it was who I was. And I, I was the newspaper column didn't pay a lot. The yeah, commentary yeah. was quite nice. Yeah. But what it did, you, your name's always banded after you played. So for those two years, it was great. Yeah. And then an ex uh, Glamorgan player, Mike Llewellyn, he was setting up a cricket 
uh, arm to his snooker business. He, he, he had uh, right. snooker maintenance all around England and stuff like that. So he, he, he gave me like a, uh, an idiot's guide on on, um, on snooker tables and what they should be looking for <laughs> when they need recovering and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So that was half my job. And then I set up absolute cricket showroom for him. So I used my contacts to get all the bats in Neil Lennon at Newbury and all the different grey nickels and all that. So, so I, I kind of run that. And a lot of people thought it was mine, you know, but I set it up for him. Yeah. So that was my next job. So I was a lot of sales. I was going to sell in, um, like, tour, tour gear. For, you know, someone's going on tour cricket team. Yeah, I, I yeah. Kicked them out on that. And, and obviously the bats, pads, gloves, and and, and this. So, and that's when I that's when I got the phone call from Robbo okay. to, to leave. So that's what I was doing then. But it, there's, there's so many things. Like, we talk about the change of band. I mean, look, you're, you're a people person. And you, you know, we met... We met at a boundary club and mm. just be able to communicate, build relationships with people, and that you take that. And when you look at it, when, when you go into business and networking or whatever, it's, it can be like that change. I, I built my dress sense off you. I always. Not today. I never had a waistcoat in a minute. But I was going to bring you a cap with the street look today. But anyway. But yeah, it's, I think like I'll get you a cap next time. Yeah, thanks. But, but I, I think that's such an important. Like, it's just that level of communication and that building relationships. Like you, I'm a relationship manager, but you can talk to people yeah. and you can go and that's a. And you must have like being around that. Like, I, I say it for me. Like I played football, not obviously that sort of stand, but even whatever level you play at cricket. But if you play in a team sport, you've got changing room banter and you yeah. take that. Being able to go into a networking group and be able to just go and hold a conversation and have a bit of banter with people and build relationships. Yeah, yeah. You take that skill from that. Yeah, but it's it's one of those skills. You, it's not like, um, you know, you got your accountant's certificate or you. No, no. Do you know what I mean? You don't, don't get know. GCSE in it. No, yeah. you don't. But you, you, it's it's something that is part of your personality because it. of the experiences you had, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the minute I suppose you think you're good at it, means you're not very good at it because yeah. the fact that you don't think you're any good at it, you're not even thinking about it. You're just doing what you do, and 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 at the end of it, don't be hard sell, isn't it? You know that uh, people, yeah, you know. Uh, there's that saying, I was told, uh, people buy off people, you know, because like I said, I didn't know what networking was, you know, before I came up here, and, and they said, people buy off people. So I thought, well, how are you going to do that? Well, just make as many mates as you can. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's what I've done. I, I, I'm so lucky up here that, God, the amount, that job has given me so many friends up here. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I feel more... Uh, Comfortable up here, and I would if I went back to Wales. I've got obviously childhood friends that I kept in touch with with Glamorgan, but poor, it's it's brilliant. Here. You know, you, oh, couldn't you know, and those those little clubs you put together, you know, the lunch clubs, but and you're on about five of them. They all got a WhatsApp group, and I think, oh, I can't go to all of them. <laughs> you know, that's why I got out the cricket. <laughs> yeah. But but you know that you're still in touch with everyone because yeah, of that. Yeah. You know, which is brilliant. Like that, yeah. Very uh, welcoming place, Brighton. How did? Um... Obviously, you, 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 when you left, finally pulled yourself away from from the cricket club. Mm. You went and set up a business. Tell me about how that how that came about. Well, you, you know Lindsay. Uh, he made yeah. a new spoofing esque experience. Lindsay is like a workaholic. She's always she wants doing the next thing, doing the next thing, and and she always had this thing. She wanted uh, to set up a bakery, not her own job. You know, she, she's right. she's into property and things like that. So, but she she always wanted a bakery. And she found this place on Shoreham, the Beach Cafe, and it was just before um, COVID. Um, and all through it, we're thinking, oh, all right. And I was thinking, oh, God, do I want to do this? Like a, like a cafe. And we went to Booker's, and we had a big argument on the size of baked bean tins and tomato sauce tins. We were like, oh, we can't be doing a cafe, man. We can't even agree on what size baked bean tins we should be getting and stuff like that, don't we? So as it, as it happened, COVID kicked in, and we thought, oh, we had sort of give a cold feet on this. So we, we pulled our offer out. And then, then it started to loosen off, COVID loosen off. And we were walking past it, and I just saw like, Joe's ice cream. Joe's ice cream is like an institution in Swansea. They queue round the corner for these ice creams. And it's only vanilla. That's this special recipe. Right, okay. I think about four outlets now, and my daughter had worked for them during school and things like that. And I thought, well, that would work. Yeah, we straight over the bridge. You've got a pizza place, you've got a chippy, you've got a uh, restaurant. You know, that would complement all them. So we... So, Covid kind of was in and out at the time, so we went on these Zoom courses. We're going to make our own ice cream, and then we decided against that in the end, the, the making of it, because we found someone local who's you know had his own dairy herd, as okay. a cow to cone. Okay. Kind of yeah. So, so we did it that way, and, and we thought, right, we'll do that, we we'll do that, and it, it, literally, you talk about planning, planning, what's that? 
Do you know what I mean? It was, should we do ice cream? Yeah, come on, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Let's put another offer in. All right, put another offer in. And that was that. Love so the same place. And, yeah, yeah, same place, yeah. Wow. And then we refurbed it, you know. And again, we took a little bit of advice, especially from the guy who supply, supplies us and, and um, the people who put the, the freezers in and things like that. But it's amazing, right, how the f you need a good flow in that place to turn around about... Because when it's busy, like, maybe 60 an hour, right. you can get this queues when it's really sunny, right? Okay. I, I think more by luck than judgment, we got that quite good as well you know what I mean yeah. everyone's in the right place everything's because you when you set something up like that you can if you get that wrong at the start it's a lot of money to turn <coughs> around so we're kind of lucky like that as well yeah you know so my old man always said it's more important to be lucky and rich <laughs> well, wow. he, he didn't quite say that he said put you in shit then you'd smell a rose you know I wouldn't say it was all kind of off the cuff kind of thing we, we did sit down and but it, it, we were lucky that the decisions we made refurbing it work well and it's, it's a similar thing you're meeting people all the time yeah. and um, again I say the lens you know if someone comes in for an ice cream with a smile on their face and they leave you miserable we are shit at our job yeah, yeah it's yeah, a nice yeah. thing to be doing isn't yeah, it ice yeah, cream yeah, and stuff yeah, like that yeah, yeah, a nice yeah. sunny day kids are coming in you know yeah and, and I, it's, you know, I, looking at all the flavours it's yeah, fantastic exactly Decent. have you been down there I've been down there once Decent yeah, 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 yeah very Decent nice very good yeah, well, I'll give him a wrap, actually. It's Latchett's Farm is the, the guy who get the grant from Latchett's Farm. They've got a similar outlet up north of Uckfield, but it's his own dairy nice. herd. OK. And it is cow, cow to the cone. It's his wow. milk, and he makes it on, you know. Fantastic. And, yeah, it's really, you know, good, good guy as well. So, so yeah. That's how it all came about. Yeah. And uh, the scuba. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say super scooper? Super scooper. <laughs> <laughs> but the time I went down to see you, and you were there, he just poked his head round, round the fridge, and he's like, come out here, mate, come out here. <laughs> got, got out in the fridge. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's brilliant. You've done really well with that. Oh, it's is amazing. It, is it's it, amazing. Is it where it needs to be? You've been open, what, a year yeah, now? Yeah, we've done a full year. year. You needed to find a full year, and after a year we decided that... Um, the weather, the weather is quite windy in Shoreham, especially in the winter. It gets yeah. cold, and a lot of people stay the other side of the bridge in the winter. So, right. again, it suits me down to the ground. Is that if we can work really hard for eight months, yeah. you know, it's difficult to keep ice cream if it's not being used. You know, so, so in the winter, it's difficult to keep eighteen different yeah. flavors going and stuff like that. So, it's better to just do it when the sun shines, and um, and then you know, park off in the winter. <laughs> nice. no, I, rem I remember, nice. I remember you telling me. Um, not that long ago, that um, I said, "Oh, how's it going?" And uh, you said to me, um, "You sent me, forgive me if I've got this wrong, but you said to me, I, I, um, I've never worked so hard in my life doing that.' Is that that's <laughs> honestly? Right? Do, you know, do you know it's a funny job, right? Because yeah, you do. When when it's really busy, you haven't, you haven't got time to eat. It's like yeah, that. It's yeah. conveyable and everything. But then th that's all right. What's what's really bad was like in November when it fell off the edge of a cliff and you've still got to put the eight hours in there and there's no one coming in because of the weather yeah. and, that. and that's the bit it's quite depressing right? so that's why it definitely is you can see people doing seasonal businesses in, in Brighton yeah. and, and that's the reason why you yeah. know because somebody oh you were closed yeah but you'd have been the only one person <laughs> that, that day coming yeah. in you know yeah, yeah. You, you can't run, yeah. run it like that so yeah. it took us a year to find that out right. I think and last April was fantastic because Last April, everyone had nowhere to go. It was COVID. It was blazing hot. Yeah. It was Easter. This this April hasn't been quite as good because the weather hasn't been as good, and maybe yeah. people have gone away a bit. But it's still it's still a nice business there, you know. And 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 it ticks a lot of boxes for me because you, you get to meet meet a lot of people. And also, if I need to go and do something like this, you know, I can go and do yeah, it because yeah. I can get a bit of cover. I, I can can go and do it, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Which is which you're on the end of a phone all the time and. I've, as you know, a full-time job and stuff Absolutely, like that. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Oh, cause I, I remember that with the, with, with the salon as well when I first had the salon. Oh, here we being... go. During the war. Sorry. Let me have me moment. <laughs> we're winding your neck in. But it, it was that, <laughs> that <business. I'm> Sorry. <laughs> Making a point here. Wait, but that, uh, I remember that feeling. Weather was such a big thing, even for us, like with hairdressing on a quiet yeah. Monday or something like that, them days would just straight you go. So, no, no one coming in, and you know, yeah, how many got booked in a day? Yeah, two, brilliant. Okay, yeah. and you know it's going to be that long day, but yeah, yeah. it's hard work, guys. Graft, graft. I've got a couple more things to ask, cops. Mate, um, if that's all right. I mean, obviously, just bringing it back, um, recently it was announced that you were coming back to the cricket club alongside uh, Chris Adams, I believe, um, back to Sussex to, to join the committee. Um, and I 
for overseeing the development of the club and and the progress of of the young young players that we have now. Is have I, have I got that right? Um, it's a it's a cricket committee, right? Obviously, they've got a board. Uh, yeah. Cecil got a board which ultimately Rob as CEO is answerable to. Yeah. You know? um, but the, uh, at Glamorgan, when I was playing at a cricket committee right. underneath as well, it's usually ex-players. Yeah, yeah. You know, and obviously the CEO sits in and and um, and maybe the chairman and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's it's just and and the head uh, director of cricket. He's basically discussing where the team is at the moment, what they need. It's like a bit of a brainstorming, really. Yeah, yeah. And I think. What they they got Chris Adams from who's outside of the club brought him back in get his views and I think mine was because I'd worked both sides I'd played and I was yeah. in the commercial side and look it's not rocket science I mean I watch a lot of the cricket I'm in the players club anyway I've joined the players club um, at the at the ground so I mean it, it was it was a consulting kind of role but that sounds too posh really it's not you sit in a, you know and they say well so and so's injured what, what do you think do we need to get someone else in do we need someone on loan do we need da, 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 overseas what overseas can't come now uh right we need to get another one do, you know, and, and you start it's, it's just it's just that kind of thing it's not it's not as um it's, it's, it's certainly a voluntary thing it's about six eight meetings right. but obviously keeping an eye on what's going on and and that and and when asked your opinion you know give a give a balanced view i suppose i mean Sussex for me at the moment, um, it's got it's got two uh, strands if you like. You have got the T20 side, which is a which is a very competitive team that I suppose everyone's hoping will will win it or go yeah. to finals day yeah. or at least get home court final. Um, and then you've got the youngsters in our in our red ball cricket now. Um, and how many games will we win this year? I'm not really sure how many mm. games we're going to win. But but ultimately, there's been some fantastic performances by the youngsters. I, I think. I think now's the time as a Sussex fan, we need to be getting behind the, the youngsters because in two, three years' time they could be winning things. But at the moment, they need to, there's individual successes to be celebrated. Yeah. I mean, you know, the encouragement. Yeah, I, I mean, Ali O, yes, they got 99, you know, yeah, yeah, got it for him, he didn't get his 100. But he's looked great this year, real solid player. Uh, Tom Haynes is going from strength to strength. Um, uh, Tom Clark got 100. Uh, and I'm going to miss people out here, but there's been some some bowling performances as well. But but you can tell it was a batter, can't I? <laughs> uh, but, but 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 ultimately, um, uh, you know, it's it's great to have all these kids playing in that. So yeah, I yeah. think there's a bit of patience on one side. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and on the other side, yeah, I, I do hope we we go to finals day in September. It's a great day out. Yeah. You know, we'll put in pressure, but but that's that's the kind of strands <clears> of the club. And and I think you know it's it's exciting time to be a Sussex supporter if you can remember back before two thousand and odd when yeah. we hadn't won anything for yeah, a while before yeah. that. And then look what look what happened, and that was all a spine. I know you know, you're talking midget Welshman come over, but basically it was a spine of of Sussex, you know, Lurie, Kirtley, people like that. You know, yeah. the ball, Martin yeah. Jenkins and the ball yeah, and things yeah, like that. Yeah. So they they all they all came through Matt Pryor, you know. So they're all all um, a spine pretty much was was Sussex, and yeah. I think that's where they, where they're going with it, with this team. So as I said, not rocket sciences. It's just pop in. It's quite enjoyable, to be honest with yeah. you. The, the nicest thing is the badge of, of someone wanting you to come back to the club. That's that's what that's I like about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Thank you very much. It's yeah. a bit of an honour, really. Yeah. You know, and uh, quite right. And and just do it without any agendas and just you know let's let's hope in a in a year or two time we you know we we we'll see all those kids coming through and maybe play for England and mm. and that and and winning things for Sussex. I um I, I I'm glad you didn't elaborate on um finals day, um obviously uh um. You're yeah, thinking. You're, you're thinking. What? Oh What's God, about? yes. Oh God, yes. <laughs> I remember. I never. I never actually. Mascot. I never actually. Um, I've never had it said in black and white. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, when you were talking about, uh, I'd, I'd allude to you uh, retiring, or I'd allude yeah. to you being um, uh, moving on, yeah. and you called it sacking. Well. That was a similar thing. We we've talked about that before. I think one season. I forget which year it was. I think it was 2018. I'm not surprised you've forgotten. I think um, yeah. Well, I, I tried to wipe it from my memory. Not, not, not no more spoof, mate. No, no it, was, it was it was that season. I was I was Sid the Shark. Yeah, the um, mascot and, race. And mascot, and I had to go to the mascot race. And I'd said I didn't want to go to the mascot race. And they said, look, don't worry about it. If you turn up. Just, you know, do whatever you can do. You're going to have a branded sponsor shirt on. Be there. And, you know, if you, if it messes up, don't worry about it. The, the sponsor's going to get coverage. It's on Sky TV. 20,000 people at Edgbaston. Um, so I've turned up and I've got in the change rooms. I'm like slightly nervous it is. I've got in the change rooms. And bear in mind this was 
you know, um, uh, four years four, four years ago or whatever it was. Um, so I'm sort of, I'm sat in the changing rooms, I'm looking around at all the other mascots that are representing all the other counties, probably in their 20s. <laughs> like, so I'm double their age looking at them going, I've got absolutely no chance. And I remember we all donned our outfits on and we had to get led through the sort of all the drunken revellers to get to, to get to the start. And it was a hot day, I remember that. And uh, that's my excuse. And um, and um, I remember getting the start. And I uh, um, stood in the in the corridor waiting for us to to, to get the signal to to go through. And some bloke says to me, "Go on, Sid. I've got some money on you, mate." And I'm like, and I'm like, I wanted to say to him, "Well, that's a fucking waste of time, isn't it?" So excuse my French. And I, and I got out there, and I I I, I remember because I could see it. if you Google it from that particular year, I was at I made myself get at the front because I think I. I was kind of in the top one or two for about three feet. And then my, shit, my boot came off, and it was a complete disaster after that. Didn't finish the race, um, completely lost my bearings, didn't know where I was. It was, took so long, they were waiting to start the game that they'd actually taken down half, half the uh, obstacle course. And I'm looking around going, where do I go? And it's because I take so long, I got trapped under the netting, I couldn't get out of the ball pit. It was an absolute disaster. But you don't, you... And I knew it had gone badly because no one really talked to me, you know. So, so this was on the Saturday, and on the Monday, I had to take the outfit back to the club. And I walked in, and uh, there was a sort of awkward silences between people, and I was just like, yeah, and I, th I think uh, Sean at the time, Sean Hill was the marketing manager at the time, and I asked him, and I said, uh, and he said, oh, he said, it's not up to me. He said, what's happened is they've, uh, the, 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 co the committee, the organisers have decided that they need to uh, freshen things up a minute so they won't be, won't be renewing your, uh, your contract for Sid the Shark. And it was like, I could not believe I'd been sacked as a mascot. <laughs> sacked as a mascot. Like, you, yeah. know, you know I'm going to put that clip in on, the, on, this, on, yeah, this, yeah, on this episode. Yeah, yeah. That's what's going to kick is you off. Is that how you remember it? Absolutely. And a lot of kids, there's a lot of kids around Sussex who now know that Sid the Shark is not a shark he's, and he's got a foot, a male foot. Because <laughs> the boot came off. <laughs> well, Shattered blame, their dreams. I blame, I blame the fact that no one helped me get changed. You know, you need, you need someone to help you get changed. You know. Yeah, you know. Look at the little flipper there, no flipper, mate. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just a big size 11. <laughs> taxi, taxi. Right, I've got one more question. Um, right. Colts, you've met many famous people over your, over your years. Um, who was the best? The best? Oh, or the funniest? Know. Memorable story sticks um, out. I can think of one, because you've told me before, but I, want, I don't know whether that is still the case. Um, well, I was going to tell you, Robbie Williams. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that, that was quite random, because um, I went to South Africa as a youngster. Huh. And um, I met a good lad out there, and I brought him back to play club cricket in Wales. And he, he had to get a job, so he was down the local uh, holiday camp. And in that holiday camp uh, was Pete Conway, who was Robbie Williams' dad. And he was the comedian, you know, he was the MC, the host, yeah. or whatever. And um, so Robbie used to come down there before, take that, and do and take that to get away from it, you know, get away from it. So I got to meet him. I'm still good friends with his dad. And. Um, well, I think it was, yeah, it was a, I was at Glamorgan at the time, and Pete rang me up and said, look, Robbie's playing in Cardiff, you know, when he went solo then. Do you want to go with, with my ex-wife ex now? Um, do you want to go? So I said, yeah, fine. So we went up there. We go after the concert, we went back into his dressing room, um, and they were clearing away the, the main standing area, and he was having his food to in and had a, uh, had a drink with him, and I had a good drink through the concert. He says, right, come on in, one-on-one. One on one. So I said, what do you mean? Got a basketball hoop up right where they were all the auditorium was. So I'm playing one on one with Robbie Williams, drunk, <laughs> drunk and five foot four, playing basketball. Yeah, they're taking a piss. Anyway, um, so playing play, um, play basketball. So then back on the on the coach and the coach uh, all blackened out windows and everything. He didn't go on the coach. He sent me my my uh, my ex wife and two other friends as well from the holiday camp, and um, we went back with Pete. So I'm putting my hand out the window, like, can't see who it is, and they're all screaming. So I said, tell me about it. any adulation in my life, I think. My little hand out the window, <laughs> thing is Robbie Williams. Uh, back to the hotel, he's got the whole penthouse suite, all the back end dancers, all the, you know, all the uh, production oh, people were there. Um, I remember this uh, table we were on here was, was all Budweiser bottles in a big 
pyramid like that, champagne and everything. And we stayed till four o'clock in the morning just talking, myself, uh, Pete and, and him, about, you know, his career and bits and bobs. Wow, wow. Drunk, drunk at night. Cool, Left wow. about at four, up was four in the morning. What so a great story. Yeah, Amazing. Great story. Basketball. Love that. Who'd have thought? I'll tell you what, Love that's me. one of those ones. Isn't it? You know, was it... What was that? Call my bluff. Do you remember that back in the day? Call yeah, my bluff. Yeah, 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 you had to give a true or a. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I came out and said I played basketball, I just stood up like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Basketball. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose I see, you say call my bluff is would I lie to you? Is that one in it? Yeah, more. Yeah, you come up with that yeah, and say uh, and say um, say that story, and people have to work out whether you're yeah, lying or yeah. telling the that's truth. It. You've got three stories, something like that. Oh yeah, you'd have that down as a fake, couldn't you? Love that. That's hilarious. Nice yeah. one, Colson. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm pleased you mate. enjoyed that. Uh, last, last. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> well, brilliant, mate. It's brilliant. It's awesome. Are you done? That. Mate, I you know what, mate, it's been, it's been look, great to get to know you, obviously, over the years with the Boundary Club and everything, and I think it's, it's brilliant to go and see, obviously, what you've done with Cots and Linz as well, and, and, and congratulate yeah, wish yeah. you, obviously, continued yeah. success. Yeah. Well, she fought hard on that, mate. She wanted Linz and Cots. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I resorted to alphabetical order. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> do you I mean, say I'm the face man, do you? Eh? Yeah, you're the legend. <laughs> Bless yeah. her. I can say that now. She's not in the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm frightened of her too. Yeah. <laughs> no, bless you. Thank, thank you, Cots, well, no, for today. It. Good um, it's been immense and yeah, uh, lovely hearing your stories and thank you for your time. Pleasure. Awesome. Wish you all the best, mate. Top man. Cheers. And that is a wrap, gentlemen. Thank you very much.